what's so terrible about Perryville? Nothing ever happens here. So what are you doing here? I just wanted to see my friends, catch up a bit. So where is everyone? Gone. Gone? What do you mean gone? I don't know. Gone. Vanished. Four kids gone missing just this month. Something going on here? Not sure. Where's a cat or a cat? Help me! If we fight like animals, we die like animals! The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to start this episode by welcoming back Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. I hope you are doing well, too. Glad to be here. I am doing well, and always a pleasure, my friend, to talk to you. And it is always equally as a great honor and pleasure to say, Lee Shackelford, Mr. Shackelford. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Very well. And hope you are the same. I am indeed the same. I'm happy, as always, like I said, to talk to you guys, <laughs> specifically and particularly talking about Doctor Who. But I want to ask Lee, if we have someone listening for the very first time, what do you like to tell people? I like to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We know that you got other things you could be doing and you're choosing to spend this time with us. And uh, and on this occasion, talking about an episode from long, long ago. Indeed, um, indeed. And, um, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. So, so thank you. Thank you for your interest and for your time. Indeed. And Clarence, if we have anyone listening that would like to subscribe, how might they do that? Well, you can find us in any and all the podcatchers out there by just searching for Discussing Who. Or if you want to hit us up on socials, you can look for at Discussing Who to do the same. Indeed, indeed. Well, I just want to say that we have some news. You know, with the RTD era quickly approaching, we have some news about something that is coming up. As of this recording, it was released yesterday. Not sure if all of us have seen it, but I'm going to throw it out there doomsday has anyone seen this mini clip talking about this doomsday story that's upcoming mm. i've been i've been reading about it but i have not yet watched the bit of content that is out there clarence have you watched i have seen it i saw it on instagram and quite frankly it's very cringeworthy <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody just set up a green screen and I mean, I could have did it, <laughs> did the video. Uh, it looks very low budget. Well, I saw, I've seen screen grabs and just sort of a general description. And um, so then what Clarence tells us uh, doesn't surprise me in the least. It just, it does. It just looks like, um, I don't know, that it was put together in a big hurry by people who, who didn't feel like they had a major franchise mm. to front for. So our friend Nicole, I saw on social media, said something yeah. to the effect like, huh, <laughs> or what? <laughs> so I had read about it, and at first assumption, I thought this was the, the story of the 60th. So I'm going into watching mm -hmm. it thinking, this is, oh, wow, the story for the 60th. It's called Doomsday, and it's about a, an assassin, and it's over multiple things. And I'm thinking the three episodes, and I watch it, and I got the same feeling that Clarence did was, I could have done that. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and I hate to say that because it seems like the actor is having fun, but it just feels so hokey to me. And um, on the actual Instagram post, I guess the follow up after that video, uh, they write Doomsday coming this year is a special multi-platform story that will celebrate Doctor Who's 60th anniversary by introducing a brand new character on a 24 hour pursuit of the Doctor. Doom. So yeah. let me tell you what I have since found out that maybe puts this a little bit more into context and maybe they should have made this perhaps a little bit more clear 
at the beginning of this. And again, this is not disrespecting and we're not trying to disrespect anybody that's behind this. But this is not the 60th anniversary. This is something that's going to be told across Doctor Who magazine, Titan Comics, a novel by, I believe, uh, Penguin Random House. There's going to be a game. There's going to be something associated with Big Finish and BBC Audio. So this is not the 60th anniversary story. Oh, well, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't get the impression from anything that it was. Well, but, that was just my assumption. It, yeah. But it makes me think, how much control does Russell T really have over Doctor Who right now? Mm. It, it, it just throws a big yeah. flag at me because um, I don't know if you heard a recent story. I think it was a leak or whatever, but they were talking about John Favreau almost walking away from Star Wars because uh, Kathleen Kennedy was mucking around with his stuff. <laughs> and that's why I think we got the whole disjointed Grogu, um, uh, Boba, Boba Fett thing that uh, didn't really make a lot of sense to be in Boba Fett, you know, if you're a Mandalorian mm-hmm. fan. So uh, this screams to me of too many hands in the cookie jar type of thing. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, you know, it. I, th- I wanted to bring it up particularly, here I go particularly and specifically in all these different words, but the reason I wanted to bring it up is... We're talking about a Doctor Who type of content in a time where we're going in this episode to be reviewing a story that, for all intents and purposes, was the end of Doctor Who, at least at that time. And I just thought it was appropriate just to kind of reflect on that, whereas this may be awesome, this may not be awesome, this may be RTD approved. This may not be. But the ultimate of it is, it is indeed Doctor Who content that's new in 2023, mm. when in 1989, that was the end. Yeah, and I think you're burying the lead for me because upon going to watch this, I did not realize it was the end or the first end. Really? <laughs> I didn't. Well, then that's interesting. So I think we should just say, if you haven't already been spoiled about survival, go out and watch it. Come back because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky too. Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are back to review Survival. This is the last story of the original run of Doctor Who, first airing in three parts between the 22nd of November and the 6th of December, 1989. It starred Sylvester McCoy as the 7th Doctor, Sophie Aldred as Ace, and features the final appearance of Anthony Ainley as the Master. So, summary view, and Clarence, I'll start with you. Summary view, what say you? Ace must remain connected? I don't know. <laughs> um, hmm. I don't think I loved it, guys. I really don't. I, I think there were some interesting concepts of jumping between worlds and seeing this other civilization, but I ultimately left the whole thing rather confused and... Of course, there are some interesting parts, but I just don't, the, the dots didn't connect for me. But I still had fun with it, so I don't know. <laughs> what did you guys think? Uh, all right, Lee? Meow? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. Um, okay. Well, you tempted me. No, I mean, <laughs> don't get Ladies and gentlemen, everyone listening, it's not my fault. He tempted me. <sighs> what? 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 Now? Meow, meow, meow. Oh. Meow, meow, meow. Oh, God. Okay. What a tangle will yeah. we weave. That's right. Mm. Ooh, string. Yeah. Ball. Oh. Meow. Hmm. <laughs> um, I remember seeing this before and just thinking, oh, Lord, you can certainly see why this was the end. Because um, it does seem like there's just some things about continuity that 
the show just doesn't have time to deal with. And and I, I'm Facebook friends with Andrew Cartmill. In fact, I, I thought about reaching out to him and saying, hey, you wouldn't want to jump on a podcast with us real fast, would you? But, uh, you know, he was the story editor at this time and um, sometimes, you know, was on the set just bailing. They're saying, okay, uh, we can't do that. And the sun's going down. What do we do? Uh, we're going to change the script. Uh, Andrew? Mm. And he would say, uh, let's do this instead. And, you know, uh, I, I've been on these uh, these sets before, and I can tell you there's going to be people who say, but that's not going to cut together with that other thing. Well, we can't go back and do the other thing, can we? Um, so let's just go with it. You know, and, and and you just you just have to. And it's it breaks your heart. But, you know, mm. um, there's a whole thing where the doctor went back to get Ace using the cat's teleport teleportation powers. And then in the next shot, they're back on the cheetah planet. Um, I'm sure that in the script, there was supposed to be an explanation about that, but it just got lost. And, you know, so it just didn't happen. And Ace has been looking, looking, looking for these friends of hers. And then when she meets them, she calls them by name and they immediately hunker down and, you know, there's no reunion. There's no moment of recognition. Nobody even calls her by name. Where's that? That was probably in the script, you know, and it just never happened. And so a lot of these things just don't make sense to us. Mm. Um, it's and it's just too bad. And really, they got the word while they were making this episode that this was going to be the last mm. episode. Um, morale, perhaps, is low. <laughs> and I always think you, if nothing else, you got to take off your hat to Andrew Cartmel for this. They were supposed to have a very, a very blasé, you know, tune in next week kind of ending. And he, on the spot, wrote that speech that the doctor has as they walk off together, you know, almost into the sunset. You know, come on, Ace, we've got work to do. You know, what a great way to, to hang up the show's hat with the idea that they're still out there. They're still out there doing their stuff, you know. Um, and um, and so it, survival is it, it has a whole a warm spot in my heart just just for that, just for that little contribution of, uh, of Cartmel's there, um, just to make it work for the last episode. And. Watching it this time, I was really knocked out by how physical Sophie Aldred gets to gets to be, and um, you know, because she she'll tell you she's she's a big old tomboy and she always wanted to do more of this kind of stuff, and they turn her loose um, through the power of editing. It looks like she can outrun a galloping horse <laughs> at one point, which is uh, a little unlikely, but uh, but still, even when they're in the same shot, she's keeping up. <laughs> And it's it's pretty impressive, um, but yeah, she gets some fist fights and all kinds of stuff. So uh, a good good episode for for Sophie mm. and uh, and her last speech about how much she's lost and how strange it's going to be that she still has the cat nature, um, and she says, "Good, I like it." Mm. <laughs> It's it's and her delivery of it is completely convincing. It's like, okay, that's interesting. Wait, wait. So we are assuming that she still has that trait going forward in her canon in the canon. That's what she says. Mm. Um, I wish yeah. we could have saw that in the <laughs> last episode, last new episode. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and now and now you understand uh, if you if you didn't ha catch this before. Uh, Clarence and others that uh, in power of the doctor, when she meets the master again, she says, last time I saw you, you were half cat. Mm. Mm. See? Um, mm. Yeah. It makes sense now. That's what that was about. There you Indeed go. Indeed it does. <laughs> and he, and he could, well, he, you know, and I think what he says is, uh, you know, a guy's entitled to try some things out or something like that. But <laughs> he could have said, so are you, <laughs> but <laughs> I believe you still are. My dear. But, uh, Anyway. You know, Lee, you said something in one of our previous reviews, probably if one of the first times we were in the JNT era of a classic review, and you said something that really, really stuck in my head in a good way. Hmm. And what that was is something that you hit on earlier. I always had a negative reception or perception, here I go with words again tonight, for 
the JNT era, the production values, the cheesy plots, the 80s vibe that I would rather watch the 60s vibe than the 80s vibe, et cetera, and so forth. And you made that comment about all of the constraints and knowing that they were always on the chopping block and all the things that you just said. And it does allow me a greater appreciation for the types of stories that they told. However, that being said, while I enjoyed it, I think more than I would have liked the other story that we were contemplating watching, I must separate myself from the nostalgia of the episode and agree with what Clarence said. It was very hard to stay with the story, even though I had fun with it. It mm -hmm. still just made me think, really? But, <laughs> but, yeah. but we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. You can you can always fill up screen time by having people run around, and um, and I, I always think that's one of the um, from the beginning. It's it's been a a a, um, a cheap way that uh, Doctor Who has filled up screen time, and it, it's often it's painful to watch starting from nineteen sixty three. It's just like, this isn't really going anywhere. This We're not advancing plot or character here. We're just running around. And uh, this one's got, got it on horseback, you know, so. And, and at, least, at least I appreciated it in this one because it wasn't like four episodes of drawing it out. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I do yeah. get that sentiment because there was a lot of it in this too. So let's talk about the master for a moment. And uh, Clarence, I'm going to send this back to you uh, again for this one. And But I want to ask both of you, does the master fit in this story or does he feel inserted in the story? You know, for me, when I saw that it was the master in this other planet dimension or wherever, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. <laughs> I was like, Really? really hmm. but uh it made for a few good moments between him and the doctor so i guess it made some sense and i found it very interesting to see him even though you know in the future of doctor who he really didn't see it play out m much but this the idea of him having a different power you know he even says to the doctor you know hey can't get me now <laughs> i've i've won up to you a little bit so i found that idea very interesting and would have loved to see where that goes. But but un honestly, my first time seeing him in this story, I was like, what? <laughs> uh, inserted. And uh, and to add insult to injury, they're paying Anthony Ainley by the episode. So you'll notice he's really not in the first episode at all. Mm -hmm. There's a still photograph of him and somebody else doing the voice. And I'm pretty sure it isn't Anthony Ainley. <laughs> so talk about oh, cheap. Wow. Jeez, <laughs> um, and you know they've they've done that once once before. There's a thing in um, Legopolis where uh, they need a shot of the master behind Tom Baker, and so there's there's a photograph of him. He's not moving at all. <laughs> anyway, I don't think that was budgetary. I think that was they had dismissed the actor and they said, "Oh crap, we didn't get that shot." So they wow. here's a picture. Anyway, so they inserted him optically into anyway. Um, I, I'm I'm Clarence. I just said, oh, okay, sure. The master's here. What? Yeah, whatever. Um, and he, the doctor says, why did you bring me here? And in the audience, we go, did he? Okay, well, well, we'll take your word for it. All right. And the master says, because I need your help. And, I, and then again, we say, really? Mm -hmm. And how did he need his help? Yeah, he said, I, I, you're, you'll find a way out. You always do. And I said, well, that's very humble of the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the narcissistic master. <laughs> okay. I, and, and when one needs no, to escape the no. Phantom Zone, they do anything they can. Uh, but, but, yeah. Okay. Help me out here, guys. The most <laughs> obvious way to get out of there is what he ended up doing to get out. What yes. did the doctor being there have? Anything to do with him deducing that? That's a plot problem, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe the plot problem is because my research led me to ask this question because it seems apparent 
that, and, and this is another reason why having Andrew Cartmill join us for an episode would be very interesting, was it seems that JNT, John Nathan Turner, wanted a named villain in at least one episode for the season, hmm. and hence, let's insert the master. So yeah. it sounds like this story was conceived masterless and then inserted yeah. master more or what. Yeah. Although, you know, you try to imagine this without the master and this really would be a grim slog for three episodes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess good call there. So, But, you know, I've alternately heard that John Nathan Turner's job, that his, his um, orders from the BBC were to kill this show. I mean, and, and I've heard that, and I don't know if people are kidding when they say it or not, because earlier on, his job was to figure out how to monetize it. They said it's paid for by, you know, the public, by the, by the BBC fee that everybody pays. But what we need to do is make money for this show. And that's why we start getting things with question marks on them. And so that that could be a, a merchant, that can be merchandise. Um, we've, we've carelessly done away with the sonic screwdriver, so we can't sell those toys, <laughs> you know, but, um, I think by this point, it's just, it's just not working. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how many sweaters with question marks on them that we introduce into the show. It's not, it's not paying for what the show is costing us. We've got to do something else, like get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And is that something that you run the risk of with any, you know, type of story, uh, that would be just like us doing a podcast and say something to the effect, if you like sure microphones, then that's what we use. Mm -hmm. Make sure you, well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Product placement sells things. And, and in an imaginary universe, you get to make them all up. I mean, why, why is Tony Stark's uh, Iron Man armor different almost in every <laughs> scene that we see? I mean, certainly in each of the Marvel movies where he turns up, they've, they've changed the armor. And so we can sell some more toys. Right. It's, you know, uh, and it's why we'll keep changing the TARDIS interior and the sonic screwdrivers and everything. So so that old thing hasn't gone in, gone away. It never will. But. Which is so funny because the 80s is like the decade of toys to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They could still merge mm -hmm. then. It's it's kind of puzzling. Right. They could they couldn't make it work then. <laughs> well, I've heard um, Janet Fielding talk about this. That one of his ideas was that they were going to market to beauty shops Tegan's hairstyle, and <laughs> but 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 it wasn't taking off. So they kept trying different things. So if you watch the Tegan years, she's had a different hairstyle oh, in every episode, and you. Mm. Well, yeah, she made the joke that she she found the only gay man in the business who doesn't know anything about styling <laughs> hair. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a mean swipe at JNT or not. But um, it, it never worked. And all it does is make it look like what she's doing in the TARDIS is spending all her time fixing up her hair, mm. but um, <laughs> including magically making it longer sometimes. <laughs> but uh, how's she doing it? Such a but bad idea. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. they they were trying so many things that were just, yeah, just were not. He wasn't good at that. He wasn't good at that. So so meanwhile, the show suffers. They have to keep doing more and more things on the cheap. Um, and uh, and at the same time yeah. of that, you have the backstage with the Michael Grade issue with Colin Baker. Yes. That is just mm -hmm. like a domino effect that which then maybe, you know, if you look at it with Grade being ultimately the boss, I believe, of JNT, who's to say that yeah. that rumor, you know, is true, that he was changed to market it, now kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, that didn't work. So, yeah, let's. That's just, your time's up. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So let me ask you guys this. Let's assume for a moment that it didn't end with survival it can continued with a new series in 1990 and a new series in 1991 assuming that and that's all i'll say is you know giving that setup do you think doctor who would still be around today in 2023 if it wasn't canceled and put on or i should say put on extended hiatus in 1989 <laughs> yeah. lee i'll let you go first on that one 
Yeah, you're right. The, the way the BBC worded that when it was announced was not that the show is dead, but that it is uh, in suspended animation. So they said it, Doctor Who will will come back, and um, and it did in Canada, <laughs> um, but and in 1996. It's interesting. I think a lot of other changes would have to have been made. They, the writers at the time were playing with these ideas that um, Chris Chibnall seems to have run, you know, run away with. That there's a lot more to the Doctor than even the Doctor knows. Mm-hmm. And we had started toying with that in these scripts. And if we were going to go forward with the idea that Ace may sometimes be a vicious killer, <laughs> if if you get her riled up. That could have been very interesting. And you'll notice this script has a, a moral heart to it that I really like. We immediately hate the physical training guy yes. who is teaching people that it's kill oh. or be killed and this is how the world Sorry works. Sarge is the worst. And yeah. And so we have to, we sort of laugh. It's, it's Schadenfreude when he ends up on a planet where the inhabitants really are wild animals. Okay, buddy, let's see. Let's. Let's see you do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he just immediately, almost immediately is in danger of being eaten. And I really like that, that the doctor keeps trying to advocate for a different solution and he keeps being right. Um, you know, and I love that. I think that's that's an important thing to say. It gets ham-handed when the doctor ends up in the middle of the street, you know, uh, hands in the air saying, you know, if we if we fight like animals, we'll all die like animals. <laughs> but... Um, but you know he's not wrong, and I'm you know always glad when that when that message gets spoken. And but but back to the question uh, though, do you do yeah, you yeah. think that it would still be around in 2023? Yeah, I do. I I think the the affection for the show carried it through these these dark times. I mean, we we've been trying to find episodes from the 80s that we want to that we really want to talk mm-hmm. about, and we kind of settled on this one because of its historic place. As being the last episode, but and because it was shorter. All right. But just a lot of them are just really hard to watch, but fans stuck with it. And I think they would have continued to stick All right, with Clarence, it. what do you think? If this had not have been put on hiatus, it could have continued. Would it still be around in 2023? I mean, even if it did not go on hiatus, I still think they would have to have to work really hard to break up the formula. And that's even what like, you arguably what they tried to do with the movie. And um, although a lot of people hate that, but <laughs> but they tried to break up the formula. If it would have continued on, it seems like they would have to do something drastically different. You know, I just think if they would have took a nugget from TV, you know, now where it doesn't have to be a bunch of episodes, it can be 10 good episodes that may have helped. Uh, but I know that wasn't yeah, TV at yeah. the time, you know, that's when our shows were made. So I think any anything to bring up the formula would have helped it continue to grow. But like Lee said, the fact that you can have this run and have this movie that people are not the, you know, most fond of and still somehow the character still survived. They didn't notice they didn't have to reboot it it continues. And I think that's a big Testament to, to the fans. I'm going to take it in a different direction and I'm going to actually disagree with you guys. And I'll tell you why I agree with everything. Both of you said, but I have the opinion of had that 18 or 15 years or however many years it was gap, the the wilderness years is that, that, they are often referred to, even, you know, considering the 1996 movie, I think it created a yearning for Doctor Who. And if you take any, you know, long running television show that starts out hot, you know, everything has its ups and its peaks and its valleys. And if Doctor Who's ratings had deteriorated over the last you know, 1985 to 1989, if it had have continued, I wonder if it would have deteriorated somewhat out of the public consciousness. Maybe not. I don't know. But take Star Trek for an example. We've seen Star Mm -hmm. Trek in the last 
three, four, five years have this resurgence on wherever you're watching it, you know, use the streaming service that you're watching in your area. But we had a 10, 15 year gap between a Star Trek series proper for television and Discovery coming back. And I'm going into that same mentality. The absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. There are Star Trek fans I know who say there's now too much Star Trek. Mm. You know, and we may say that about Doctor Who at some point. I don't know. Right. But... Well, who knows? <laughs> Not during the pandemic. Yeah. No, but uh, that that's true. Yeah. I, I, you, you may be right. It may be the 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 feeling that um people may have left those last scenes of survival saying, "Hey, this is just getting good." <laughs> Come back. <Yeah. laughs> um um that was that little bit there. That was really interesting. Huh? Mm-hmm. Ah. So let me ask you guys this. You know, we go with Ace, and we're talking about Ace, and you guys have made reference to Ace, and we've talked previously about how much we liked Ace, um, but my question to you about companions, and Ace in particular, and Clarence, I'll start with you first on this one. What do you think made Ace a great companion? Mm, I don't think that's a question for me, because I don't know if I've seen enough of Ace, uh, but, huh. I don't know if I can really answer that, to be honest. You've seen you've seen a lot, but um, yeah. Um, so let me rephrase it a little bit. Hmm. Uh, and, and Lee, I'll come back with you for that question. But let me ask it to you this way. Clarence, do you think Ace or the type of character Ace was, do you see her as setting the stage for the type of companions that we saw with Rose forward. Well, and that's that aspect, I guess you do have a point. She does seem very, I can go and take care of business myself. And we definitely see it on display and survival. Uh, so in that aspect, I think she does bring some great qualities to, to, to her character and, and companions in general going forward, of course. So I do like that about her. Um, but there is one moment in the episode when the thing with the, uh, what are they? Cheetahs, the cheetah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and the doctor gives us this warning of, you know, you may not want, want to do this, so to speak, that this might not be what you think is going to lead to something you might not be ready for What Kaura, I think the, the cheetah's name was, but he just lets her do it. <laughs> it may have been too late at this point. So very independent. And it seems like the doctor, in relation to her, the doctor is never worried about her because he knows she's strong, maybe. I don't know. Help me out here. <laughs> no, that's that's the way it plays to me, too. And she does represent a, a sea change for the companions because um, from the very beginning, a lot, a lot of time their job was to follow the doctor around and ask questions and then to get menaced by the monster of the week and scream. And um, even as independent as uh, Sarah Jane was, that very often she'd get in that dilemma and uh, be the screamer. And uh, Ace don't scream. Yeah. Um, Ace fights back. And and you're right. Very often she she acts like she and the Doctor are equal partners in this uh, this venture. And yeah, so he's inclined to just uh, uh, let her go off on her own, and she lets him do what he's doing. And it's. Uh, and I just watched the uh, the Sixth Doctor and uh, Perry episode that we had talked about uh, reviewing this week, and um, yeah, he he treats her like a dog. I mean, he, mm. uh, I don't I don't mean abusively. I mean affectionately. But it's always you know, come along, come along, come along. Don't get too far out of my sight. You know, come on. It's just she just doesn't. Ace just doesn't say, "Hey, professor, what's what's that? What's going on with that? You know, how come this is happening?" She's not there to be an expository tool, and it's 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 really refreshing. And it does it paves the ground for Rose or Martha or you know any of those yet to come. I would love to know how much she, as the actor, had influence on what Ace mm. became, because if you think of it 
going back from the you know damsel in distress distress the mm-hmm. screaming companion i mean my goodness we've only done one story with this companion and we you know no offense to bonnie langford but mail came right before Ooh. and mail had one of the worst screams of any any companion yes. out there yeah i think when we were talking about uh the two of them before I said, Ace is the antidote to Mel. Yes. Yeah. It de- definitely, uh, I got the eighties vibe from this episode so hard. Um, it is to be fair. Yeah, the 80s. It was almost like I was watching <laughs> the yeah. Warriors at one point or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so yeah, I was actually surprised when they emerged from the TARDIS and she wasn't wearing her jacket. I think she was carrying it, but I don't know if I've ever seen mm-hmm. it without the jacket on. I'm like, oh, it looks like a, a yeah. innocent, you know, a nice young woman there. <laughs> yeah. She puts on a jacket and then, you know, uh, Bob's your uncle. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I love during this episode, actually. This three-episode arc. Yeah. One thing that I really liked, and, you know, this is just the amazement of television, the fact that we just saw both of these characters, both of these actors, both, you know, this variation of the Doctor, this companion, together on screen and a most recent episode of Doctor Who that we've seen. Yeah. That is freaking yeah. cool. It really is. And apparently something happened between then and now, so to speak. Um, something happened after they uh, go off arm in arm at the end of uh, Survival and uh, Power of the Doctor that uh, they had kind of an ugly breakup. Mm-hmm. And so what we got was just the backstory about that and then the the healing. I just, I just really like that. I thought that was handled very cleverly in that script. Well, what I really like, and I want to pose this question to the two of you, I like being able to ask either of you, since we're getting close to our favorites, do either of you have any other topics about this particular story that we've not talked about? Oh, I got a few. <laughs> well, then go for it, sir. So I, I thought the whole Sarge wrestling thing at the very beginning was pretty interesting. Although, like Lee said, Sarge turned out to, uh, you know, be a little lame when he got to the other planet. And also the whole flashing back and forth to the other planet. I don't know if that's ever really explained at all. Uh, I, I guess, you know, my scientific curiosity got me to figure out, like, how are we... Uh, what's actually going on here? I guess it's just magic, which is fine. It's fine. With the the water was magic too. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't follow that either. <laughs> and and this may have happened before, but help me out here, guys. The doctor uses his finger as a deadly weapon. What is mm-hmm. going on there? Yeah, it it just uh, made uh, Sarge fall down. Um, he was only incapacitated for you know a few seconds. But yeah, we, we've seen kind of variations over the years of trying not to do the Vulcan nerve pinch, mm. but we really wish we had a Vulcan nerve pinch. I saw it more so uh, like he was doing one of his mind wipe things, except he just like go to sleep, click. Well, that would be nice. Yeah. So. But it is every, every, every time something like that turns up, you wonder well, why didn't you do that the last yes. time? Yes, I forget know. about the mind wipe. I mean, well, that's because yeah, somebody well, once, once it's in your somebody said, "Well, we don't know how to get the doctor out of this." Andrew, oh well, just yeah. do, have him do this. Do you, okay. Well, that's right. Yeah, it's the last episode. Who's going to know? Exactly. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes we've seen the doctor touch people, you know, on their, you know, the the sides of their neck, you know, one finger on their carotid, mm. and uh, and then they'll pass out. Um, we've seen that a couple of times, but there again, it's like, uh, once you've unpacked the Vulcan nerve pinch, then <laughs> we all know that's something that the doctor can do. So you wonder why he doesn't do it more yeah. often, mm-hmm. like in situations where it would sure come in handy. So, you know, it's why you have to think about continuity like that, but yeah, yeah. I think the finger on the forehead is something we've seen exactly once. <laughs> yes. So... Dave Cooper, if you're listening, you can <laughs> correct yes. us if we're wrong. Okay, no. you know there's a joke here. The doctor gave him the finger. They gave him the finger. Yeah. All right, yeah. Clarence, what else? What, what else you got? Uh, I think Lee mentioned the the cat Howl, which, you know, p- puzzling. Yes. Yeah, cats do howl. They just 
Not like a dog. Not like a dog. <laughs> like not like a dog. <laughs> so interesting choice there. And mm. I, I think that's that's about it for me. Well, since we said the cats, I just found it really weird that you made cats into, and I know there are people out there, and I know people out who do not, even though I love cats, do not like cats and think they are evil. And I get that. But you made a reference calling them basically cat vultures. Mm. Well, those cats were cat <laughs> I know, <vultures>. but <laughs> there were... Take, I guess. I, you know, I, I actually like the costume. Yeah. The costumes are pretty good to me. I thought I, I appreciated them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I I wanted to talk about that. So, or I wanted to ask about that. Yeah, I I I wondered what you think about that. That we we've we've had our our differences over the years about um, characters who are supposed to be dressed up as animals. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah. Did did you did you? So you you all like the the cheetah? Oh yes, people. I liked it. Yes. And 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 for me, it it yeah. made me think of Cavanista just a bit. Like man, yeah. they should have mm-hmm. used these aliens. It would have been perfect. Uh, but yeah, but I, I like the design. I saw somebody did a cosplay uh, of it, and it, oh. it, it looks great. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. As we were talking about the um, the pteroleptals, I I really like the fact that there's they made a real effort to make sure that the jaws are articulated on those mm-hmm. masks. So so when we got to the ones who could talk, you know, their 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 mouths were moving, and I I just. Yeah, I, I just I bought that completely. I thought, yeah, that that looks great. I love it. So that may be where the whole budget of the episode went to developing that. Mm. But but I like the cat outfits, and and I'm I'm, yeah. I'm with you guys. They they look that was good, money well spent. Money well spent, yeah. and it as cheesy as some of the story around them went. It was like they looked good. They did. Mm-hmm. Oh oh, and we have to talk about the doctor. And the master fighting on the planet, going to hell on the pedestal <laughs> in the fires of planet. Like, how did we yeah. get here? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's cool. I like it, but the doctor's going down on a pedestal on a fire on a planet that like it's about to explode. What? Yes, <laughs> we're there because it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. And and did oh and we're running out of time. And did I lose the yeah. idea? So because I went back and skimmed it a second time, and maybe my brain just Ooh. like zipped out for a minute. But at first, I thought the master was becoming more cat-like, more feral, because Ooh. he was interacting with these cats and controlling them and the price quote unquote of doing that was becoming more feral. But then when you get into this fight with him and the doctor, it's the planet that's doing it. Oh, wow. See, I thought, I thought it was the rage. So we all, I thought it was Mm -hmm. them getting mad that was causing the planet to go to, go to hell. Well, was it or did it, or am I wrong? uh, No, that's, I understood it as Clarence did that um, for God only knows what reason, the uh, the cheetahs are destroying their own planet. Message coming in, sir. Um, yeah. So the more they fight, the more the volcanoes are ripping the planet apart. So, yeah, the master is completely losing control, and that's going to destroy the planet once and for all. And is that you know we always talk about social commentary in Doctor Who? Yeah. That right there. Hello, mm. we're fighting amongst yeah. ourselves. Planets yes, destroying. Hello. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Message coming yes. in. <laughs> but, um, mm. Yeah, leave, leaving the doctor to literally shout twice. If we fight like animals, we'll die like animals. Very true. All right. Other topics. Keep going. This is fine. <laughs> that's it for me, sir. <laughs> All right. Lee Shackelford, what say you? You, you, you got to love uh, for just for bizarre juxtaposition that we get another one of these. And now I'm going to destroy you once and for all doctor (laughs) with the master. And they're standing in somebody's driveway next to their car. (laughs) It's just, you know, I, Let's go back to the big fight we had a minute ago on the on the fiery planet. You know, we're on, we're on the we're on the altar, and you're about to sacrifice him. So, but then suddenly it gets re- reduced to their stand. Oh lord! It's like a drunk party where they're out in somebody's driveway. Yeah. Anyway, it's just it's unfortunate. It's just I, I know we had to shoot that scene somewhere, but it's like 
Uh, go out in the middle of the road, well, at least. Well, let's not forget, moments prior, the doctor was butt up in the yeah well that's oh that's true too what? yeah yeah he d- he does seem to be invulnerable to being uh exploded on a motorcycle oh my god that that's a the motorcycle my god yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh you know what you have yeah. to do doesn't work does it yeah. <laughs> right uh, what and boy the the the, the feminist in me uh, i i understand he's trying to save ace's life and that she doesn't understand what's happening but boy he yanks oh, her hard off that motorcycle I, and and i know that sophie is his helping and that she's sort of throwing herself but that's uh, uh, didn't like that mm. but anyway <laughs> Uh, any other ones, Mr. Shackleford? <laughs> no, I'm I'm about survival doubt. <laughs> but, but you know, I will say this: the fact that we're sitting here laughing is well, is is a testament to the episode itself. We may not, you know, we're laughing with the episode. We're not laughing about yes, the episode. Yes, but no. the fact that we are like not sitting here bemoaning the episode is a positive to the episode. It is. It, I think we all agree we had fun with this, and it's a. Uh, you know, it's it's not the best. It's just it's not the best Doctor Who ever. But I I always have to think of it in terms of its constraints and uh, what they had to work with. And you know, I, they did pretty good with what they have. And some of the performances from Sylvester, of course, and Sophie particularly, are I think are just uh, make it better than it it would have yeah. been otherwise. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And that last that last line, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you, God. <laughs> yeah. So since you said so. that, Lee, I have to ask, mm. favorite quote, what would be your favorite quote? Well, I, yeah, apart from the obvious that I keep referencing, I do just love this moment where uh, Ace has never encountered the master before. And um, she says, who is he? And the doctor says, an evil genius, one of my oldest and deadliest of enemies. And her response is, do you know any nice people? <laughs> You know, ordinary people, not power crazed nutters trying to take over the galaxy. Oh, <laughs> it's just, it's a fair question. And it, it sort of presages uh, Bill, doesn't it? Yes. That's the sort of question Bill would ask, I think. <laughs> but yeah, but um, yeah, I, I'll save that parting line for my favorite scene. All right. So, Clarence, what was your favorite quote? In one of the most cringe but fun quotes of the episode I consider, <laughs> the doctor says, Ace, Ace, yes. Doctor says, it could be very dangerous for, uh, for you. And Ace says, don't worry, Professor. I'm no one's bowl of cat food. <laughs> That's true. Yes. <laughs> like, no. On the motorcycle. I'm no one's bowl of cat food. <sighs> so, Lee, great minds think alike. I love the line of, don't you know any nice people? <laughs> that was mine. That, that, that was just, that was just perfect. So yeah, yeah. All right, favorite scene, Clarence. I'll start with you. Favorite scene. Oh man, I think you could say the motorcycle for the pure hilarity of it. But, <laughs> but I. What was he thinking? <laughs> like what is this? It's like almost like an anime scene. Um, That's but, right. But uh, for me, even though it was, we saw it coming a mile away. Uh, you have to give it up to when Ace turns around with the cat eyes. Uh, that that yeah. was really good. Awesome. Lee, yeah. what say you? Your favorite scene? Yes, indeed. Um, okay. Um, I'm trying to do my Sylvester here. There are worlds out there where the sky is burning, where the seas asleep and the rivers dream. People made of smoke and cities made of song. Somewhere there's danger, somewhere there's injustice, and somewhere the tea's getting cold. Come on, Ace. We've got work to do. Mm. I like that, that so much that, once again, great minds... That's my yeah. favorite. I I just love it for the whole into the continuity of Doctor Who significance of it. So, yeah. Now, have you guys so, uh, participated in listening? I guess listen, not participate. Have you guys listened to any of the um, this Doctor's um, audiobooks, or does he have I, any? The Big Finish, yes. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite a few. I've listened to a couple. Um, not bad. Um, not bad at all, Lee. What do you think? You know, it's funny. I can only think of one, and um, that, and I, it, it must not have made much of an impression on me because I don't remember what the story was at all. I just remember that Sylvester. I just love listening to his voice, and it was wonderful. I don't think that Ace was in it. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. 
Now, that's a good the question. one that I listened to, Ace wasn't in it. Uh, I've listened yeah. to several that have had him in it. Uh, one that ended up having, it, I don't think they were ever together, but it had the fifth, sixth, and seventh doctors. One yeah. particularly was called Master, and it was him going to see, spoilers, a, a, I'll say incarnation of the master. I'll put it that way. Um, hmm. But but I thought he did. He's done a great job doing the audio. So there you go. He's the doctor actor I've spent the most time just chatting with, and I just yeah, I just love Sylvester. I will say this: if, you, if for me personally on the audios that I've seen, if if hmm. you are not an Eighth Doctor fan and you want to become an Eighth Doctor fan. Oh yeah. Go listen to some of the Paul McGann Eighth Doctor audios. Yeah. yeah, Paul McGann can do no wrong. Yeah. So well speaking of doing no wrong, that means final rating. So Clarence, final rating. What give ye? Oh um, I think my rating goes up my rating, excuse me, goes up after, you know, I noticed that this was the last adventure for this doctor and ace. Well, not the last, but seemingly the last. Mm. <laughs> Almost, yeah. yeah. So I think I'm going to land it at a four. Yeah, I, mm. I come away still having fun with the episode, although it had obviously story beat problems. So yeah, four for me. Yeah. Four what? Oh, four cheetahs riding horseback out of five. <laughs> yeah. Lee Shackelford, what say you? Yeah, I, I can't be that generous um, because of its many problems, but. Boy, it's trying hard, and uh, I, I credit that. So I'm going to give it to three and a half exploding motorcycles out of five. Mm. That's where their budget went. <laughs> I'm going to give it, I'm going to be a little higher, but I'm going to <laughs> not go quite as high. I'm going to say 3.79 <laughs> cans of Fancy Feast out of five. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> when is a cat not a cat, the doctor asks himself, when it makes its own cat flap? Mm. What? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a line from this script. and I, That's when he's buying all the cat food. When it makes its own... Okay. All right. So since you had to put in a joke... <laughs> I have to ask the joke. How do you oh. know the master fit into this episode? Oh, okay. How? Because the master was being a bit catty. Yeah. He'll be a snake the next he'll be a snake the next time we yes, see him. Yes, indeed. What won't be a snake? would be us and everyone yeah. listening, which, you know, is a good thing. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. And for everyone listening, thank you for joining us on this episode. Did you like Survival? Were you a fan of it? Hmm. Did you not like it? Let us know. You can, again, as Clarence said earlier, reach out to us on social media at Discussing Who. And as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.